Thank you for checking out today's edition of the CatCast. We've got a first today. We're joined by a major leaguer, and we caught up with 2014 MEAC Pitcher of the Year, BCU great Montana Durapo of the Pittsburgh Pirates before their game on Wednesday night against the Atlanta Braves. Unfortunately for Montana, he did get sent back down to AAA Indianapolis just before the game, but we're confident he's going to be right back up with Pittsburgh here soon. He's had some great moments with the Pirates in his rookie season, and it's a pleasure getting to hear his story reflecting back on BCU, the moment he got called up to the Pirates and what he's learned so far as a major leaguer. So without further ado, let's get to visit with Montana Durapo. Montana, we appreciate you joining us on a unique edition of the CatCast. There's been a handful of major leaguers from Bethune-Cookman's history, and I think you might be the only active MEAC alum that's pitching right now on the major league circuit. What was it like for you when you got the first call up to Pittsburgh? Obviously a dream come true. Um, the first time you get called up to the big leagues, it's uh, it's kind of like a, a ritual type thing with like you and your manager, the, the way they kind of like set up the, the meeting and stuff like that. And what had happened was the night before I got called up, we had like a rain delay, like a two-hour rain delay, and then we kind of got our asses kicked by uh, – I think it was the AAA affiliate for the Yankees. Was in, we were in Scranton, and we come to the field the next day, and we see on the board that we have a team meeting, and we're like, oh, my God, we're going to get shooed out, and we're going to get that, you know, you guys got to always be ready to play speech. And then <clears throat> once he started talking, it wasn't wasn't uh, anything bad at all. He was just kind of talking about, like, the grind and the journey and, you know, what it's all about. And he was almost alluding to, you know, some of the things that related to me in my journey through the minor leagues. And as he started to, like, come towards the end of his speech, he played my walk-up song that I had used for the past, like, three or four years in Altoona over the, the speakers in the locker room. And I looked up, and everybody's just staring at me, and I was just... It was just, it was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. It was awesome. What's the walk-up song? It's uh, Freaks by Timmy Trumpet. All right, I'll have to play that next year at Jackie Robinson Ballpark. That's a Montana song. Your first major league appearance, how does it compare to the backyard dream? It's really, it's honestly hard to put into words. It's, uh, they, they do everything they can to kind of get you ready to pitch in the big leagues. But when you're you know, walking onto a major league field and it's packed out. You're playing in a place like St. Louis where it's just, I think my debut is like on the record setting attendance for them. And it was just like, there's nothing that could get you ready for this. And it was, Mm. it was surreal. And I remember I was really nervous just sitting in the bullpen watching the game that day and the phone rang and they told me to get ready. And it was just like, you know, butterflies are going crazy. But it was uh, as soon as I stepped out of the bullpen and started like running to the mound, it kind of like faded because you had made this run from the bullpen to the mound so many times. It was like something that was very familiar. Mm. And it was just you know, when you're just you're looking at the mound, running towards it, you kind of block out the rest of the stadium. Mm. And it was, it made me, you know, come back to earth. Like, we're still playing baseball. It's like, yeah, there's 50,000 people here, but we're still playing baseball. When you got your first major league strikeout, was that another affirmation of, I think I belong at this level? 
For sure. And that was the first time that it was like, it was like that, that first appearance, like when the thing started to sink in was I threw my first pitch and, and I went to get the ball back from the catcher. I saw him throw it towards the dugout and I was like, oh, right, right, right. This is like <laughs> how this all goes. And it was like, there was probably four times during that inning where they threw the ball away and I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I guess, yeah, this, uh, yeah, I, I, I am here now. This is, this is something. After you got that initial call up from Indianapolis, who was the first phone call you made to? My dad. I remember just kind of like I wasn't like speed walking. I guess I was speed walking, just like get out of the dug, get out of the clubhouse so I could call him. And I, as soon as he picked up the phone, I told him I got called up. He goes, "Shut the f up." I was like, I, <laughs> "I was like, I swear, I swear, I swear, I got called up." And I could hear him like fall backwards and like hit the ground, and he was just like crying, tears of joy, and it was just like. This is worth it. Mm. That was cool. Montana Durapo, Bethune-Cookman alum, joining us on the CatCast today of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Montana, looking back at your career, I think it's so unique to see the stats of what you had as a freshman. It's like a 731 ERA, and that was with uh, the new balls and bats in college baseball. So it wasn't like those old stats where a starter to 731 ERA, and that may be somewhat normal. But you went from that 731 ERA, and you slowly got better. And I texted Jason Beverly, your old head coach for the start of this, and I said, hey, tell me about Montana. He said the summer after your sophomore year before your junior year, you got so much better. That was the turning point for you. That summer for the DeLand Suns, what started to click for you and made that turn in your career that obviously the trajectories here in the majors? Honestly, it wasn't um, – I would say it was anything I did physically. It was more of a mental thing. Mm-hmm. It was – because I remember it was my sophomore year, and it was just – I don't know if this happens to every baseball player during their career, but it just I got, got kind of burnt out, and I just didn't know if I wanted to play baseball anymore. And there was a like, you know, brought it to Beverly's attention, you know, for a while, and he was just like, "Well, this is like an important thing because like this is going to be miserable if you don't want to play." And it was, you know, I had just like a pretty close group of friends that I kind of fell back on that, you know, they kind of like opened my eyes like. Why, why quit, you know? It's like there's so many of us that can't do the things that you do. Don't don't just stop. Just see see how good you can be. And it was when I worried less about, like, like do I want to do this as opposed to let me see how good I can be before i just not allowed to play anymore. Mm. And it was from that point on that it was just, like, getting better was just, it became, I don't know, more fun. Uh, it, it, it just kind of, I don't know reignited the love of the game and it's just kind of been building off of that if you could go back and talk to the montana of that year where you are right now and everything that's happened what would you say to him i'd say you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i'd say you you almost blew you know the opportunity of a lifetime just because you know you just got sick of baseball it's like why would you what what happened i want to you know pick that guy's brain but yeah i would i would definitely tell him he's dumb but um you know i'm here now and i think it was just like that was probably like the turning point Mm -hmm. pre pro ball that was just like really catapulted just my learning curve for baseball but I would imagine, as you said, it may happen in almost every ball player's career at any level. Since then, have you had a teammate in the minors that has come to kind of that fork in the road and you've been able to share that experience? 
Um, that personal experience, no. I, I, <clears throat> this is probably the first time I've ever told anybody about this outside of Beverlyn, my direct family, and you know my closest of friends. So uh, that specific experience, no. But the message that it taught me, mm-hmm. I've probably shared a few times with the guys that I've been closest to. Mm. And it's tough sometimes, especially during pro ball, because it's like... Sometimes on the on the journey through pro ball, it's not about how good you are. Um, it's about the opportunities you're given and what you do with the opportunities you're given in the short amount of time that you might be given to do them. And hmm. you know, I've seen plenty of guys that are plenty talented that just never had that opportunity. And you know, it's can get heavy mm-hmm. just because I mean minor league season is so long and it's just I don't know I'd say it's a different kind of mindset when you know guys want to be so much further ahead but they know the journey is like super long I, I don't know it could just be a lot more weighing than people think it is I appreciate you sharing that message yeah. thank you Montana yeah. okay well, let's go fast forward to 2013-2014 that's when the career gets really good for the Wildcats yeah. 2013 an outstanding season you transition uh, into a really solid starting role and then as a senior 2014 MEAC pitcher of the year most outstanding pitcher of the tournament you deal against non-conference foes early on and then in the postseason when you think back to 2014 what memories stand out to you it was almost like a out of body thing you know what I mean you're just like when you take them out it's like you couldn't I couldn't make a mistake that year you know and it was just that's kind of what I needed to do to even get a chance at playing pro ball mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it was just I didn't measure up well to your prototypical guy who gets drafted I didn't throw very hard I could throw hard but I relied more on you know pitchability and precision and mental fortitude and being you know a bulldog who's you know he's not going to walk anybody and he's going to make you beat him or he's going to beat you yeah and it was uh just working with uh coach bev for three years was just he gained our trust so much as uh because he would call pitches and stuff like that and it was just like we just started you know just syncing up on you know how he could use my repertoire and it was just the the more i did well the more i got better just because it was like yeah you're making the right you know what i mean it was just like it was just flowing and it was just like i couldn't i don't know for whatever reason that year i just couldn't be stopped and i ran with it and in the postseason, I think this is a game I've heard that Pittsburgh really fell in love with you. Against Miami, you go seven innings, give up three hits, five strikeouts against the Hurricanes, no runs. BCU loses a heartbreaker and a walk-off uh, after you had finished after seven innings. But going back to that Miami game when you kind of walked off the field, I know it was bittersweet to have that loss against the Hurricanes, but I can only imagine if you had to reflect upon your career to get to that point and pitch against Miami from where you were as a freshman. It says a lot about you, right? For sure. And, I, I mean, it was like that, that game in particular was like it could have been make or break, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it was, you know, yeah, this kid had a great year, but let's see how he does under some, you know, real pressure. Mm-hmm. And it was a team I had pretty good success over throughout my entire career, and I was I was ready to give it to him. And, I mean, it, <clears throat> it sucked losing for sure. I still think about it too because I think uh, there were there were times in that game where it was like, I wish I could have just told Coach Bev, like, 
let, I, like I want to go nine. Not 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 knocking on you know anything that happened after mm-hmm. the game, but it was just like it was that game where it was like I want to keep throwing until I either lose this game or I win this game. And it was I don't know. It was just the mindset going into that game was something I'd never experienced mm-hmm. before. It was like this is this is it. Like this this is you're going all out right now. You mm-hmm. you know if you want to play pro ball, this is this is the one you got to ball out hard on. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was definitely a fun time. So one of your teammates in that regional, come to find out, your roommate, Keith Zuniga, mm-hmm. on staff here at BCU, is the pitching coach. You got any funny Keith stories you could share with us? Any funny Keith stories? Yeah. Um, Anything to make him blush? I don't know. Keith's always been a pretty straight shooting guy. <laughs> he's he's uh, never really uh, doing anything you could knock on him for. He's just, yeah, he's just a quality guy. That's how you turn out to be a coach, right? Yeah, that is, yeah. As we wrap it up here, Montana, anything that you'd like to say to the current roster, maybe some younger guys that didn't start out as well or maybe some that's coming to the fork in the road as well uh, for Bethune-Cookman baseball? I would say that, um, for one, never give up because what you're doing will come to an end on its own one day. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't let that be because you got in your own way. Um, stay out of your own head and see every failure as a chance to become a better player. It's Montana Durapo, Bethune-Cookman alumnus, pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. More proof that you don't have to go to the biggest school to realize your dreams. He's earned his way to the major leagues, and Montana wish you the best of success from here on out. Thank you. All right, that's, Mont- that's Montana Durapo. I'm Nolan Alexander. This has been the CatCast.